Hey guys, it's Sleeper Kid. Today is October 5th, 2016, and uh, you're about to listen to our newest uh, podcast, depending on when you're listening to it, actually. But uh, this one was kind of a on-the-fly thing. We were uh, in Phoenix shooting with the always amazing Rick at FemWrestlingRooms.com and got a chance to do uh, two small kind of mini-podcasts, uh, one with Becky LeSabre, who is just an amazing uh, model, actress, and producer, uh, and one of my really, really close friends. So it was really nice to be able to see her out there and um, and kind of find out a little bit about how she got into this whole crazy world of ours. And uh, there's some really good stuff there. And then we did um, a kind of a wine trip with, uh, with Rick and a few of the girls. And uh, Rick is one of those guys that... Uh, He's been into this for a while, and he really uh, did a great job kind of um, explaining how it all started for him. I mean, it's a really good set of stories there, everything from him being in the circus to how his fetish developed and how it slowly turned into uh, the company that he's running now, uh, one of which I consider to be one of my strongest competitors, and uh, it's fantastic because I'm a fan too, so it's great to see someone out there doing some some very creative and awesome stuff with a really good stable of girls. Um, so without further ado, I'll let you guys listen and um, enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with uh, Wrestling with Fetish uh, Special Arizona podcast. Uh, very many podcasts. We're going to be doing some small interviews. I think I'll, I've done the announcement probably already. But uh, my first interview of the weekend is, uh, this is great because I wasn't expecting her to come out, uh, but my lovely friend Becky LeSabre is here. And uh, we were just talking about the podcast, and she she mentioned that she had heard of it. Uh, hadn't listened to it yet, though. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but, um, so... When we get you back to Atlanta, we definitely want to do like a long form version of this. Uh, but in the meantime, we can do like, you know, a very quick thing. So, so if we're you just doing a quickie right now. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're saying to me? Yes, just a quickie. <laughs> All uh, right. So uh, Becky's been in the business for uh, how long now? 15 years. So 15 years. And um, you've been at this. I mean, um, can you give us a quick version of how you got into the, the kind of the biz? Well, uh <laughs> <laughs> X-rated version or d- oh no no you can <laughs> say whatever the fuck you want okay well I was like any normal teenager loved to surf porn and I think mm-hmm. I came across a mo- well I came across a modeling website that was like hey you can get paid to fuck hot chicks I'm like sign me up yep. so I started there I probably did that for about six months got into webcam then did my own production company released DVDs and then came like fetish work just spoke to me and yeah. it's so great and I love talking to the fans and customers and meeting new models and producers so this is just where I love being I think and how long did it take for you to be like um <clears throat> go from being a model to being a producer oh wow um let's see I was 18 when I got started and I oh, so you started like right off the oh yeah. I was literally like day Biting one day pro- one yeah. out of <laughs> high school I don't even think I've like I think I was still in high school whenever I sent my photos out to a um, a producer. <laughs> so. But it's refreshing for I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners that there's girls out there. There's a big misconception, of course, is that women don't look at porn. Yes. But you were one of those girls that did, and not only looked at it, but you were like, "Fuck, I want to do this." <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and also being a lesbian in the industry, so I was like, "That's my main thing." I was like, mm. "Oh yes, hot girls, yeah, get me." <laughs> 
But, you know, there's that bad side to the adult industry, and I think I got a little taste of that, and I was like, fuck that. I want to do this myself. So that's when I started producing. So it took maybe two years. Did you start producing uh, lesbian material that you were used to, or did you immediately (laughs) go into fetish? Oh, uh, when I produced my DVDs. Um, I was actually, we released it on cable, uh, we were in hotel rooms, but oh, nice. no, it was straight porn, we had girl, girl, we had guy, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the first gay guy shoots I did, they went on for like hours, and wow. it was, and we were like, you know, tapping our, our watches going, wind it up guys, wind it up, so. This was, but this was guy, guy? Yeah, it was crazy, it was like five guys, and they'd never done anything like oh, it, yeah. I was a new producer, so I'm like, Learned my lesson. <laughs> That's why I, I, I think I only did five DVDs, and they were out on shelves. Like uh, you could go to your local video store and mm. pick them up. But I, I just love this fetish stuff. I think. Did you, uh, did you ever end up doing? Because I know you said you were. As long as I've known you, you've, you've identified as a lesbian. Yes. But have you, did you ever do a guy girl scene for pay? I, I did. Okay. Um, I actually moved from my hometown down to Florida with a guy friend from high school and tried a guy-girl scene with him and I was like, "Eh, not my thing. Mm -hmm. And then when I started my own line of DVDs, I was like, well, let me try it where I'm in control of everything. And didn't like it, so it wasn't my thing and that was my last one. So there's two out there. So that was your day in court. Because yes. I remember I was doing, like, uh, we were doing, like, my, my friend Mary Meow was like, oh, Becky Sabre, I've heard that name. And we looked up some of your photos, and there was some, there was something that looked like, I think you were doing some guy-girl stuff. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I didn't, never, never <laughs> thought she did it. But, um, so, <clears throat> when oh, you... I did, like, two hand jobs too, for myself, for my custom videos. The POV stuff? Yeah, a long, long mm-hmm. time ago. But I was like, this guy was a friend, and I'm like, dude... You can, you can pop this off, right? <laughs> and he did. He was totally professional. That's I awesome. mean, lesbian doing a hand job. He Afterwards, he was like, really? You could hurt somebody like that? <laughs> Evidently, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> but I tried. You did a good job. Oh, my God. Um, so when you started breaking to the fetish stuff, what um, was there any particular... Um, I don't know, a particular kind of that you were aiming for? Uh, I started off probably doing, <laughs> the first video I did uh, was water sports. So okay. I did a lot of Oh, so you jumped into the deep stuff. end. Yeah, oh, holy yeah. shit. I'm like, I could pee. Jacqueline Velvis is here. Come on out, Jacqueline. <laughs> Join us. We're just talking about dirty yes. things. We're talking about dirty things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a mini podcast. You can have a seat and join us. Oh, man, I can't. I'm so wiped right now. No, I mean, like, sit down and, like, listen and drink and all that good stuff. <laughs> Jacqueline's here. We just fed her a bunch of steak. And uh, she, how are you feeling? Fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another one of my big fetishes that I did was a lot of overeating stuff. And I still am very big on that right now. Oh my God. I can down a couple of pizzas and show wow. off. Holy shit. The yes. stomach difference. <laughs> so is it like you eat, you eat, you eat, and like you show off how big your belly is and stuff like that? They, I think they just like to see you in misery <laughs> and pain. So you're like, oh, my stomach. I, I'm busting out of my shorts. <laughs> and there's no way to like fake that, really. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> None that I've found. <laughs> so you start off with water sports, which is pretty intense, I think, yeah. for like your first fetish. So what, what kind of, where did it go from there? Uh, a lot of pedal pushing, which is driving mm-hmm. stick shifts, which... I, I love anything with speed and 
vehicles and <laughs> so that was great and, legs and, and then from there I learned that you that customers have all these requests because they just can't find what they're looking for out there in you know the mainstream media fetish mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like all right I'll do this custom request for you you know it's it, it's so you hear it so often now but 10, 15 years ago, no one knew what the hell a customer request was. So I thought I was new and innovative. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, for a long time in the early 90s, like no one, I don't think, was even doing scripts. Yeah. Uh, I think it was more like people were producing. And um, I, I mean, a few people I knew were doing that idea of like, oh, I'll do a, exactly. a script. Yeah. Right? Um, but uh, is there, now that you've been at it for, for as long, I mean, about as, about as long as I have too, yeah. actually, um, is there any one kind of fetish that you feel like you've gravitated towards doing more of than any other? Oh, wow. Um, I think if I were to answer truthfully on that one, it would have to be to create the customer's dream. I know that sounds like, you know, like I'm waking you off right now, but (laughs) it really is. It's so much fun to get into their head. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you've shot the worst thing in the world and they get it and they're just so excited about it. I've had that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that just puts that extra energy into you. You're like, you know what? I am doing something right. So that that makes a lot of sense. But like, so what I think I, I, I don't know if I fired the question correctly, but like in terms of, no, 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 I'll get there. No, that's awesome. No, that's awesome. Because I've done the same thing where I'm like, oh, I think I think I totally missed the fucking bullseye on this yeah and then i'll send it to the guy and he'll be like fuck this is not only what i wanted to see but you added this and you added that and you got into this part of it that i never thought i would like and and you beefed it up um but my question uh the follow-up it was like so now that you've been doing it for so long is there one particular kind of fetish that just you feel pops up more than the rest oh okay so what i do more often most often um some girls tend to specialize after a while. For example, like um, Tracy <laughs> Jordan, who's inside, like she does a lot of superheroin stuff because yeah. she's really doing the Batgirl thing. Okay. Uh, Jacqueline Velvet's uh, started off doing yeah. a couple of different things, but then started gravitating more towards Sleepy and like uh, Damsel in Distress. I think I just love producing, so that's what more what I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you were to look at my past clips and what I do, mm-hmm. um, it usually rotates between about five. So I don't like you say specialize in one what are your what are your top three would you say uh, my top three would definitely be overeating um burps i used to be really <laughs> really very well known for my burps nice. and, and i've kind of dropped off of that i mean i was the queen of burps for a while that's kind of that's kind of sexy <laughs> actually i think i think I, I don't think i have a fetish for it but every time a girl lets out a good burp i'm always like fucking high five dude <laughs> well if i had more beer i might show you one but <laughs> Um, if it comes, it comes. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, man, the third one. I, I don't have a stick shift right now. Oh, so the, that would be the pedal pushing. Yeah, but I really, I think they, I, my fans go crazy for that when I do have a stick shift. And that is later this year, so. <laughs> okay. Um, so, hold on one second. I'm looking at the little battery thing. This is, yeah, we're doing a portable thing here. So I just want to make sure you guys don't get cut off. Um <clears throat> so the other question I was going to ask, um, so we did like the uh, the fetishes that are the most popular with you. Now, uh, one of the questions we were actually discussing earlier in the ring, when we were shooting in the ring, was in terms of the stuff that you shoot, uh, is there anything that you've ever shot where you suddenly are like, holy shit, I really enjoy this, but I didn't know that I enjoyed it before I got this custom. Oh, wow. Um, I know, we're full of these questions. <laughs> <sighs> That's a tough one. I would have to think about that one. 
right off the top of my head, I, I just... Um, we had one of the girls who mentioned, like, I wasn't aware oh. that I was enjoying this until... Okay, so I am mo- I, I guess if you looked me up, I'm very well known for my humiliatrix stuff. Mm-hmm. I... If you know me, I mean, you know me as a person, not a model, so I'm yeah, kind I do. of quiet, yeah. very shy. So for me, t- and I, it just clicks. Like I am, when I work with um, certain producers, they, they run through like a 15 minute, you know, script with me or scenario. Yeah. And I just nod and I'm very, I nod my head and I'm very quiet. And they're like, you got it? And I'm like, yeah. you know, thumbs up. And they're like, okay. And then they turn on the camera and I like talk you know, shit to the camera for 20 minutes. Oh, so it's, so it's POV humiliation. Yeah, you just kind of talk to the camera and, like, the camera is the viewer, yep. you know? So, yeah. Is it, like, a lot it's of, amazing. Like, <laughs> like, what do they call it? The J-O humiliation? Uh, small penis humiliation, yeah. jerk-off instruction, how to jerk-off, um... You know, I caught you in my bedroom sniffing my panties. <laughs> you fucking little panty sniffer. How dare you be in here? I'm going to tell all my friends if you don't do something for me. You know what I want you to do? I want you to take your pants off and start jerk, you know. Yeah. So it kind of goes I like down. How you, I like how you almost clicked right into it. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I swear you could tell 20 me minutes that. later, you're still doing it. Right. <laughs> I think you could tell me to talk dirty about a toaster for 20 minutes and I could probably do it. So you felt... <laughs> So, so you felt that that keyed into you personally, like your own personality and made, like, I, it was exciting to be that kind of person. It took person. me a while. I didn't shoot it for the first time until about eight years ago. And it really kind of upset me because I was like, I don't want to talk to my fans and customers like this. But once you realize that this is their, their niche, this is what turns them on, this is what gets them going, I'm like, well, I can do that. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll do what you you know, what yeah. gets you off. Yeah. <laughs> and if this is it, then let's go. That makes, yeah, and that makes yeah. total sense. Um, so you, okay, so, yeah, and you're actually one of the models I've, I've, well, I mean, we've known each other for a while, but it's always good to, to know that, like, there's people out there who've been in the business as long as we have and have such a good time uh, doing it. Um, are you still, you're obviously, you moved to Phoenix. Uh, where were you living before? Florida. Florida. I've lived there, man entire adult life so um what uh what prompted the move or was it just one of those things where you needed a change or you know the same old story where you follow a girl oh. <laughs> so that's why i never would have thought say I no more in phoenix but here we are maybe for another year and back to florida hopefully <laughs> you can always move to atlanta <laughs> that's in the cards I so think, i think that's like i think jacqueline and i that's one of our goals is just to turn into atlanta turn atlanta into like the new tampa or whatever oh, it is yeah, yeah exactly have all the girls yeah. yes oh, we can just like party every day um but uh and you're still producing now do you find yourself doing just kind of the same you're, you're staying within the same uh, niche like the uh like the, the same top fives that we just talked about yeah and uh also i've had some of the same customers for as long as long as I've been in the industry, I've had some, you know, that have been around 12 years and they still order the same customs. So, and that happens. I love that. that <laughs> How do they still love me so long? Oh, well, you're beautiful. <laughs> you actually, well, you. you actually don't. Um, I think we were talking about it. Or I was telling uh, Mary and like, I, like you're like us. Like, well, I wouldn't say like us because I would, I would be presuming too much about myself. <laughs> But I get a lot of the same shit Jacqueline does too, where it's like, do you guys even age? And it's like, and it's a great compliment. Yes. But 
I don't. I think because we we do what we love. Yeah. And there's that really lack. Shows. Yeah, it really shows, and it keeps us looking young. And yes. so, um, you you get that a lot. When I first met you, I actually was like, "How old is she?" Because <laughs> I saw a picture of you, and I was like, "She looks very young." Not like dangerously young. When I was like mid late twenties, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you were like, "I'm like 24." I'm like, "Oh shit." <laughs> so yeah, you're destined to have the baby face your entire life. Um, so. See, I, I, I've got a couple of other questions that was, I had milling around my head. But um, where do you see yourself? Or actually, no, I was going to mention the wrestling stuff because, like, a lot of people have really enjoyed you doing the wrestling stuff for our side. Do you anything? Do you do anything like that uh, for your own? I haven't. I haven't really shot very much wrestling stuff for myself. Mm -hmm. I sometimes do custom like cam shows if I have girls over because I have certain fans that just ask for when I have a girl there and they want to do like an hour session and kind of direct it live. Yeah. So I, I do that sometimes on my own, but for the most part, it's like you and uh, and well, here, Rick, yeah, Rick here in Rick. Phoenix. So <laughs> and you've done the sleepy, sleepy fetish with Jacqueline. Yes. Yes. Um, what, um, like, is there a particular fetish that you've encountered that just fucking fascinates you or you're like, not necessarily you're into, but you're just like, holy crap, this is something that, that exists. You want to know which one blew me away? Like, yeah. this is so fucking weird. Yeah. Like, you know, that's hard for a fetish model to say. What's weird for you to shoot? People always ask that and it's like, well. Because the word, the word weird, <laughs> the word weird, and I found this out yes. after the first couple of podcasts where I was like, mm -hmm. I shouldn't use that word because when you use it very, people use it very liberally. Yeah. It's like, isn't that weird? But. Or isn't that wild? Isn't that insane? Yeah. Um, and I never want to insult the fans because I understand how fetish works. I understand that a lot of people don't have control over what they're into. You know, it's just something that, that, that sparks when they're either young or there's a trigger yeah. moment in their lives. So I don't like to say weird, I but also you have to understand that a lot of the people that are into this or a lot of the girls that are, that are shooting it, like some things might take them off guard. Right. So, yes. so what, what really knocked you for a loop? <laughs> and it's so strange because it's not like it's a big deal. Both girls are totally um, dressed. So we both have bikinis on. We're in the pool. One girl has a strap on. I have to dive under the water and like jerk her strap on off with my feet. So I have to dive through her her legs and bring my feet up above my head and like jerk her strap on off. Like upside down? <laughs> it was bizarre, yes. And underwater, so you have to shoot this like you're suspended underwater. So you have to come up for air, come back down, come up. And that just was the strangest thing. And it's not that big of a deal. No, I mean, but the fact of that we were in there and doing it, I don't know. It just felt strange. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's not a big deal, right? No, no, but Especially also, out of the, all the fetishes that I shoot. I always think in terms of like safety issues, I'm just like <laughs> fucking upside down in water and you get all that shit going up your nose. Like, yeah. yeah. So wait, let me get this straight. So you were upside down. Uh, so your hands were touching the bottom of the pool or? I went through her legs and wrapped my hands around her ankles so that I have, so that I'm, um, weighted there so that I don't float away. And then I bring my feet up and basically she has to help out a lot because strap like the dildo material does not slip and slide and it's not like you can use lube. lube. Yeah. So she kind of has to do almost like hold your hand your feet around it and kind of move up and down in the motion, you know. Oh, wow. So but it was a crazy um script and I think I got it like four or five times. And it ended up being fun, but yeah, at the yeah. time, it was strange. <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, Tracy, earlier, we were talking about, like, you know, you get these scripts that have, like, six fetishes in one. Yes. And part of you goes, like, is it 
someone who really wants to see this or is there like a room filled with like <laughs> frat guys like throwing shit into a, like a you know like just writing down ideas throwing them into like a paper like a hat i think about that sometimes especially with like the pie stuff to the face yeah. or you know they just do these random things and it's like really do you want to see that or you just want to see if you can get hot chicks to do whatever you want exactly so i'm thinking like <laughs> what if they're just throwing money into a bucket and it's just like all right yeah. if we can get her to do this you know bob wins the pot or some <laughs> shit like that because we had a like we there's one model that does a bad girl thing where she gets just uh, humiliated but it's like a six prong attack like she's got a butt plug in they're hitting her with pies she has to <laughs> recite some mantra about being a bat slut there's she's in shackles she's in those fucking what do they call it where you put your hand through in your head like the stocks oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's like 16 different things uh but you Wait, go like you don't mean you mean to tell me that you can't find that free on a tube site <laughs> maybe <yeah. laughs> so, yeah. i mean customs really are important and worth it <laughs> that could be that could be what it is yeah, yeah. apparently yeah because i my stuff has popped up on some tube sites and yeah uh, but, that has uh, taken its toll but you know it's easy to get dmca yeah, and remove it's been them great these last p- couple of years getting stuff down it's it's become much easier and fans are so great by telling you and mm. keeping an eye out so we really appreciate that guys <laughs> do you have any favorite uh, models that you've ever worked with or, or even producers that you're like okay these are fantastic these guys will always be in my top five kind of thing um, tracy's making faces and showing boobs out there <laughs> well with producers <laughs> i have quite a few very close friends that are producers and have been doing this for 15 plus years so it's really amazing to know everyone that's been here as long as i have and i have many producers i mean humiliatrix.com giantess oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. porn for the people um, th- those are just a few. And then my favorite. kids were <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Obviously. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, model, I would say Sarah Liz for sure. Oh, yeah. You brought her to us, actually. We just, you, we never stop talking. And She's awesome. Yeah. Our throat and our cheeks and our chest hurt so much. And we just cannot stop talking the entire time we're together. And I've never had that kind of connection. Yeah. With you, and you guys have really good chemistry, too. Yeah. Like, I remember watching you guys work together, and it was just easy to oh. direct you, and it was awesome. Yeah, Sarah Liz is great. I'd love to get you guys back at some point. I hired her for the first time about eight years ago, and she's so fucking beautiful. <laughs> she's like a China doll. And I'm like, I was so nervous talking to her on the phone because I'd only seen her Model Mayhem profile, and I'm like pacing back and forth, and I'm on the phone, and I'm like, this is what we shoot, and would you be comfortable with this? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. Well, Sarah, if you're listening, we definitely want you to come back. And uh, I think, Jacqueline, you shot some stuff with Sarah Liz, right? Yeah, I shot with Sarah and Becky. That's right. I thought so, because we did, like, a big, long weekend or something with you guys. Yeah, I think we did, for Jacqueline, I think we did, like, um, a therapy session. Yeah, we were, I was a therapist, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the rapist, as they call it, I think. Um, Sarah's used to it. <laughs> Well, um, so we are going to definitely get you guys back to Atlanta. Anytime you want to come by, just let us know. Like, especially starting January, February, we were definitely booking, and we'd love to get you guys down. And then we can do a double, like, long podcast with the two of you. And do, like, a nice long conversation. But for now... Sarah's amazing. She's just so hilarious. (laughs) But, you know, you are also quite amazing. And... um, (laughs) We're always looking for you to come back, and like we, we always have a blast with you. And uh, I would keep talking, but we have people inside, I'm sure, who want to come out and hang out. <laughs> Is that why they're showing us boobs? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, the, let's that's go the, get the boobs. <laughs> I think that's the international sign for <laughs> shut the fuck up. You and sold me. Let's go. <laughs> they, they know how to. Yeah, they know how to get your attention. 
so ladies and gentlemen thank you so much to becky for uh indulging me in our first uh, mini podcast interview here in phoenix and i hopefully will do some more if not then you know, this will be the one but uh let's go have some drinks and have some fun you got it all right thanks Adios, guys, guys. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Sleeper Kid. We are uh, doing a Wrestling with Fetish uh, mini podcast here, as you have probably already heard. We did one with Becky LeSabre last night, and she was awesome. Uh, we are driving back from a giant wine tour we did with um, uh, the lovely Julie Winchester, Mary Meow, Jacqueline Velvets, but most importantly at this point, Rick from FWR, a.k.a. FemWrestlingRooms.com, um, who is... Uh, one of the few people I will call really like competition, like real competition, because he's the stuff that he shoots is just fantastic, and I love watching it as a fan. Um, and then sometimes he does stuff where I'm like, God damn it! But uh, we're, you know, I just get angry as as a, another producer. I'm like, I should have thought of that first. But uh, so Rick is actually driving us at this point. We have the ladies in the back, and so they're going to be our peanut gallery. You guys want to see? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Someone made a music. <laughs> Um, so Rick has, um, uh, for those of you who don't know, runs a company at femwrestlingrooms.com that does uh, female combat, um, but he also has carved his own niche out in terms of, is it niche or niche? Both. Um, I don't know, just give me another Pinot. Okay, alright. So whatever, niche. So he carved his own niche out, and, and what would you say, Rick, are the things that you specialize in that let's say I don't do as much? I, I, would, I would venture to guess that the first thing is you have a beautiful ring. Yes, yeah, I got the I got the wrestling ring. It's, that was the one thing that I thought was going to be really uh, special for me is I, I actually think of a ring more as a prop to just add to the whole ambiance of the female wrestling uh, stuff. So, uh, we don't do heavy-duty pro wrestling, but it's the ropes and the corners and all the fun things you can do in a ring. So, yeah, that definitely is something you don't have. <laughs> don't make me turn that wheel. Uh, but no, uh, so yeah, and Rick is absolutely right. I, I love working in a ring, and I, I work in his ring, as you guys know. We've done tons of stuff in, in that room, uh, but there's definitely different styles, and the fact that you do have that ring is, is uh, a huge thing for a lot of the fans. Um, but you also have started to come up with your own styles in terms of like POV boxing, for example. Um, uh, you do a lot of uh, the you, you you ride the line between like sexy and sexual, which is good. Like you'll do like sexy shoots, but not necessarily sexual. Turn left onto East Cornville Road. Shut up. Eat <laughs> <laughs> a dick. Just in case you thought he was lying about being on our way home. Exactly. From the lines <laughs> So, uh, so be, is there anything I missed? I know you, like I said, POV, and you've done some really like sexy stuff with the ladies, but you haven't crossed that line for it's it's porn. It's more like uh, fetishy, like like very sexy fetish wrestling. I like to say mature. You know, I, I would prefer to say I'm doing mature stuff with certain aspects of what we do, but we don't. Yeah, no porn, pornographic exactly. stuff at all. Um, uh, I don't even find that attractive. Um, but I agree with what you said about the point of view. And POV, I don't know who actually started doing point of view uh, or when the first date would be, but I know that mine started about 2008 when somebody contacted me with a custom and said, hey, you know, they really liked a model I had by the name of Zoe. And they... What was your name again? Zoe. 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 And someone said, hey, I'd like to see if, you know, you can have her punch me out. 
by holding the camera and pretend like she's boxing me. And so I got, oh, that's creative. Let me see if I'd never seen anybody else do anything like that. I'm sure somebody did somewhere. But I took that and, and it was kind of a funny story because at, at that point in my the site, I was still only two years old in the site, uh, and I was still shooting in a, a, a little apartment, a studio apartment, so there really wasn't any space, but I wanted a ring atmosphere because it was going to be boxing, so I oh, took yeah, my, I my little lamps, and I took black duct tape, and I taped three lines of duct tape so it made a little ring and she came out of the bathroom door and stepped into the ring and it was so silly and cute but uh, um, but that was the very first point of view we did with that and and then it grew a lot from there uh, pretty quickly uh, um, I ended up with one amazing fan who started writing scripts that were very involved uh, you know, it's hard to just like, okay, I'm, you're going to punch me, I'm going to punch you, whatever. But he was getting all these storylines in it and props and money and using dumbbells to hit me with or yeah. the camera with and, and fist fights. And we've actually morphed into being able to actually do full wrestling matches in a point of view where I hold the camera with the one hand, but uh, she... The girl can clothesline me off the ropes, so I can run with the camera and bounce off the ropes and come back and get clotheslined. And she can do the body splashes in the corner, and she can do the, you know, we do all tons of head scissors and stuff where I'm holding the camera over one leg while she's wrapping her legs around my head. Uh, I only do that because it works, but <laughs> I, I don't like it at all. Um, I said that, yeah, silly. Anyway, <coughs> yeah, it morphed into a lot. I'm trying to think of other things maybe I did that you didn't, but I, I know you've done point of view. Um, yeah, but the in, point of view that I do, so there's the, the, one of the big dividing things, and, and this is great because like, we don't really talk about wrestling on the podcast as much as you think we would. We really don't. People, we really talk about fetish. But when I do my POVs, um, uh, one of the things that you do really well is you have uh, the POVs where the guy loses, but you do them... I would say better than, like, I, I, I really can't think of any other company that's done them better. Uh, there's some companies that are really good. Um, I have a couple of friends that, that run companies that do POVs where the girl wins or the girl loses. Uh, but you do the ones where the girl wins very effectively, and I think it's because you pay a lot of attention to camera work, camera angles, sound, where the, where, you know, what the girl's saying, what she's doing, where she's punching. And so I think that's one of the reasons that that's become one of your, uh, you know, the niche is, like, you actually do it where you pay attention to detail. Well, and I've also I've done so many of them, I've gotten to a point where, I mean, some of the scripts for point of views, whether it's my main point of view customer or other people that ask for a, a point of view custom, they can be pretty involved with dialogue and, and you know, even for a 10 minute, but a lot of people want 15, 20 minute point of views. It's a point of view, you can't cut in a point of view or you're, you, you it's very difficult to cut in a point of view because you're the viewer is the person in the ring with the girl and to cut it's not like you can in our wrestling stuff that you and I do where we cut and we move to another spot and we pick up the action again you can't do it because you're the point you're the main view so I've learned little tricks of scripting so I basically will outline my scripts a little better so we don't I don't recreate I don't I don't force the girls to learn 10, 15, 20 minutes worth of 
everything they need to do. I'll split it. So if I, like you punch me and I fell down. And from that falling down point, I'll put a cut in the script and I'll use the camera as a sweeping thing. You've done that in your special effects stuff. Yeah. I'll point it to the blue of my ring mat and then I'll say cut. I'll set it down. We'll talk about the next you know, sequence of what's going to happen. And then I pick it up with the camera sweeping back up from that blue and, and then just blur it together. So nobody even knows that I made a cut there. So, you know, I, I've learned to make it easier on the models so they don't have to have this intense memory yeah, skill going on. Of, of memory, yeah. It's a lot, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so the other thing, um, that you've done really well, for example, you had Mary Meow, uh, do like, uh, like you, you did a sexy, uh, sexy shoot yesterday where it was like uh, you were doing a POV thing, but at the same time the girls were passing the cameras to each other, and there was a bit of like kind of like a lesbian overtone. I wouldn't even say overtone. It was there was lesbians in the room. Uh, it was yeah right. So Mary meow. How was Mary? How was that? <laughs> Can I preface this before we go further into it? Sure. Just so that the podcast listeners know, this is not. We're now 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 we're talking about another website that I run called Mixed Wrestling Fantasies. Fem Wrestling Rooms doesn't get into the you know that this oh, kind no. of stuff. That's so good. That. That's now good. So here. now Mixed Wrestling Fantasies is it mixedwrestlingfantasies dot com? Yes. Okay. So you guys now uh, this is great because you can plug your your companies. Uh, mixedwrestlingfantasies dot com and femwrestlingrooms dot com. So obviously you can't. So what Rick is alluding to is you can't find them all under one uh, one big site. You have to go to a different one. Uh, but you do them both really, really well. Um, and so, uh, Mary, uh, how was your first experience working for uh, the MixedWrestlingFantasies.com? Well, it was my first time getting to do a, a fetish shoot where there was actual sexual contact and genital play, so that was a lot of fun. I've been, I've been wanting to cross that boundary for a little bit, and it was my the... I'm so glad to hear it. I'm so glad to hear it. Um, I don't want to give too much away because obviously you know you gotta, you gotta sell oh, you this thing. But <laughs> but um, yeah, like the basic premise is. Um, I'm so sorry. I've, I've met a lot of people this weekend. Her name was Madison. Madison, yes, Madison. Madison and I are, you know, we're supposed to be wrestling, you know, the Red Menace in the ring, and instead we've developed an attraction and started making out, and we've forgotten about him, and you know, whatever. He'll wait, and they're on the bed. Yeah, and we were just going at it, groping tongues down each other's throats in these little thong outfits with fishnets, and he comes in pissed off, you know, get in the ring and do your jobs, and instead we knock him out and decide to play with his limp body, which, I mean, honestly, that's sounds like a Friday night in my house. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. There was um, There have been shoots I've done where I did a lot less sexual contact and felt a lot cheaper when I was finished. It was very fun. It was it was not at all untoward, even even though I was grabbing some dick. Nothing nothing felt nothing felt sleazy it about covered. it. It was all covered. It was. It was, was all covered dick. Although I did almost expose you at a couple of points. I got a little overzealous and kept pulling at the thing and then, oh god, I want him to pop out. Let's just push that back in place. <laughs> well, I was unconscious, so I don't remember. Yeah, so you know, he, he doesn't know any better. <laughs> Rick has no memory of what happened that day. No That's why he films these things, folks. I only do it for the fans. <laughs> Yes, uh, he loves you guys so much. So, um, 
So what was great about that though is like like you know she said is Mary's first time um, doing a shoot where she had any sort of sexual contact with another uh, person and and that's something that she's I think you were talking about kind of getting into more as as the future progresses right Yeah I um I just think that that's more my speed like I was I was a fan of wrestling growing up so I I love what you guys do but I'm not terribly strong I don't have that kind of physique but I love fetish I love kink and I. I like sex. Like, I'm, I'm good at that. I have that particular skill and not so much with the flipping girls around. So, yeah, in, in the future, as I get a little bit more comfortable with just being a performer and having a camera on me, which is a big deal for me, I'm hoping to branch into that a little bit more. Well, I mean, uh, this is obviously just my opinion, uh, but also I think the opinion of a lot of people is that you you really are very good at what we make you do in terms of the wrestling world. I re- no, no, I didn't. I mean, you and I are friends, but like, I don't, I don't want to blow smoke up anyone's ass. Like, if you weren't very good at it and you weren't. Um, I mean, you wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. I wouldn't. You wouldn't be one of those girls that were like, we should take Mary to Arizona and yeah. have her work with Rick and have her work uh, for us and for Jackie, I do uh, for for Miss Velvet, who's all the way in the back. Hey. Right. Hi. So. Um, Shall I pass it to her so she can say hello? Oh, I don't know. I think it was just her. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I said, as long as you're willing to work for me, I will continue to hire you because uh, I mean, I love. I love your approach to the selling and stuff. Like you're really, you throw yourself in there like 100. Uh, percent There's been moments where I think I've actually felt scared that maybe something was getting put on too hard, and like I was like, oh my god, her eyes are literally bulging you're out of her skull. You're talking about that shoot with some ego, aren't you? One of them. No, there was a few. There was a few where I remember doing vid caps, and I was like, God, that looks brutal. Uh, there are a couple of times where something will hurt, but I can tell that it's not going to be dangerous to me, and I just think, well, this is probably going to get a better performance out of me, so I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, and a lot of models have done that. I've done it too, where someone yeah. has me in a chokehold and my face is turning red. I'm like, well, I know what I'm not going to pass out, so yeah. let, let's let the red face do something exactly. for the shoot. Um, so, uh, so with Rick, like, uh, so that's like I said, one of the other things that he shoots. Um, uh, he also does. I mean, you've done pretty much everything. You've done like uh, everything from like you know, the Ninja Kyoko stuff, or like Spy vs. Spy and Super Heroines and and stuff like that um, and uh, is there anything in what you do that you prefer personally where you're like this is the most fun for me or, or is there anything where you're like I, I'll do this but it's not as much of what I, you're into personally it's that's a really hard question I think for any producer that's a hard question because sometimes you, you get a script or even in your own mind you decide what you want to do you don't know until you've done it and sometimes there are things that I like customs that I get that I'm like ah man okay I'll do it for the customer but then when I do it and I get the girls there doing this stuff I'm like oh wow okay this this is really working I like this so it's a hard you know it's it's a tricky to know what I like however I guess if it came right down to me and this is uh, your wrestling with fetish type of a thing yeah. my big thing is is head scissors uh, it's just that's been my fetish since I was a little kid, uh, or you know, teen, or you know, puberty kind of thing. Uh, so, was there anything in particular that that sparked that, or is oh, just one of what would you say? Where, what, what, no, I know. I figured there was, but I, I, you know, some people just. It took me a long time to figure out where Julie it came had from. A very knowing laugh back here. <laughs> I think Julie's I heard this was, story. <laughs> I traveled with the circus for when I was from when I was like ten years old until I was in my thirties. Uh, so I was—I'd say I was probably about twelve years old, which was puberty time 
for well maybe not for me everybody but no no yeah that, that's that's about, about right that's okay, about right good I, I know I'm kind of strange but anyway uh, I was traveling with a circus and I was in I was a clown on the show I was a I learned to ride unicycle and do some juggling and stuff like that but there was a the the youngest daughter of the circus owner was my age and she was that cute little girl with the country girl with the long blonde hair and the daisy dukes and the shirt tied up and she was just we both liked each other we were buddies but we didn't know where you know what love was or boyfriend girlfriend things yet in the circus uh, one of the acts that we did we were just kids but there was more adult people in this acrobatic troupe and I was a clown in the acrobatic troupe, and she was in there too. Well, we were the little kids, so they did a bit where they would hoist her up and sit her on my shoulders, and they'd put a mini tramp. We'd stand in front of a mini trampoline. They would come running at the mini tramp, bounce off of it, and do flips over top of us, and then land on a mat in front of us. So in the circus, all the girls wear fishnet tights and, and little... Uh, one-piece leotards and stuff and for some reason her sitting on my shoulders with that fishnet and she was a little skinny gangly thing and I was a little skinny gangly boy but still legs around my head I don't I, and, uh, I think that's what started the whole thing the kind of feeling of of, of that um, and then uh, you know it kind of morphs anybody's that has a fetish if they've really tried to look into where it came from or what happened they realize how it just kind of morphs because of what is thrown your way in life if it always continues to bring that up then it stays with you if it yeah it's a so it's a it's like an evolving thing it's like you start off with like liking this one thing and then you get these other ingredients thrown into the mix and the fetish evolves to whatever it is it it ends up being and even then i think it's it's an always changing thing i think there's always aspects of it that change like no one just goes like okay well i'm I'm just gonna like nexus for the rest of my life and nothing else is gonna add to that and in your case like i think that that sparked it so but so what what kept it going uh, after that um let's see yeah i mean in the morphing end of it i remember the little girl one time we were standing we were off in a park somewhere and talking in front of a tree just carry on a conversation and she said uh oh yeah i got in a fight one time and i didn't you know nothing stirred in me or anything but she said yeah so this girl came up to me and she punched me in the belly and and man that hurt you know she said oh that hurts so bad and she's holding her belly and then she said and it hurts so bad I punched her in the face and that was the end of it oh wow and for some reason I'm like I'm puberty you know at that point I was like okay you're this cute little girl that I'm you know hanging out with that I thought was always thought was so sweet and innocent is actually doing something so kind of animalistic uh, and, and that stirred a little bit and then I also was kind of a fan of wrestling. Uh, I remember this was even before that, way back in my little childhood of seeing pro wrestling in Pittsburgh. I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was kind of the hub of pro wrestling back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Well, even before that, but Bruno Sammartino was Pittsburgh and all this and that. Um, I remember watching it on a little tiny black and white screen TV like we always had and and uh, looking at these 
dark little arenas where the little old ladies sitting in the front row screaming and hollering and everybody's smoking and the place is just smoke filled and the guys are wearing these little speedos mm-hmm. and I was like how can these guys be standing up there in their underwear and doing all this stuff with each other and I always <laughs> thought that was kind of like taboo you know yeah. so I never told anybody that I was actually watching that stuff because I thought it was so dirty yeah. and, but it was interesting you know I was like wow they got a lot of guts so that was like a beginning of the interest in the wrestling bit uh, and then her telling that story and her sitting on my shoulders and then uh, shortly thereafter I saw my first I got to a newsstand where I saw these wrestling magazines and there were always a million pro wrestling magazines in those days on the racks and um, and there was one that had a picture of two girls in bikinis and I believe it was it was before the apartment wrestling series started but you know they were starting to show the Mildred, Mildred Burke girls and, and that kind of stuff and there was two cute girls and it was this little blonde caught up in a head scissor and and I it like it just stirred the shit out of everything in me you know, so yeah that's the one that, that lit everything on fire yeah lit it all on fire and so it was like this innocent young lady is caught between another girl's legs and she's losing the match and it was, it was you know so it all yeah again it morphs and morphs and morphs uh, so it was kind of a latent thing in me this that's, is something I always would look for until I decided to start doing it myself. <laughs> no, but that's awesome. Like that is, uh, but that that is the way that I picture fetishes forming in my mind is kind of like that. It's it's never like you said. It's not just the one thing that happens and it stays that way. It's little elements and ingredients that kind of cause it to to form and and grow. And like in your case, you didn't just live with it. You you ended up. Uh, turning it into a business so uh, yeah. what it was uh, what was it that made you go like okay I'm not doing this anymore now I'm gonna go ahead and give this a shot um freedom divorce <laughs> like what the fuck anymore uh, <laughs> but uh, uh I, I'm gonna back up slightly because the difference between someone in my, at my age I'm 58 years old so a lot of my fetish or my trying to find things to pique my fetish interest it wasn't internet based you had to go to bookstores you had to get online catalogs you had to look you know have people send you know you had to buy stuff through the mail uh, and and that was all uh, we had so fetishes in those people our age that had fetishes had to keep them completely secret because because we didn't think anybody else in the world had that fetish we, there was no way to communicate with other people. Yeah, there was no internet or anything like that, so it was right. like, I might be the only one who's into this. Although there's magazines that are obviously feeding that. Yeah, but you still don't, you don't yeah. even think of it that way. It's like you think everybody else that's looking at that magazine is somebody who's like, oh, that's cool. You know, I'm looking at it like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of an unusual secret thing. People nowadays, you know, anybody that starts a fetish that after the internet started, I wonder how they morph their ideas because they can just stay right with the same thing. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But what was your question? I know. <laughs> no, no, but uh, before I, I restate the question, that's a good point because you now, I mean, there's a huge difference in, in how people will get sparked into their fetishes now. I mean, and, and I feel like, I think it's easier now. I mean, like, I, uh, fuck, uh, Mary Meow kind of, started telling me about Tumblr and I'm like oh, I'll check out Tumblr and see if I can use it as a social uh, device to, to post stuff and holy shit Tumblr is just it's how would you describe it uh, Mary oh, sorry what 
couple. Give her another glass of wine. I was saying you No, I said you introduced me to Tumblr, and then when I talked about it, I was like, holy fucking shit, because it was like, it's it's a, a rabbit hole filled with holes. Tumblr is the mecca, okay? Any fetish that you have, you can find it on Tumblr. And you can find it going too far for you on Tumblr. And you can find it going too far for anybody on Tumblr. It's my favorite place on the internet. Yep. And it's one of those things where I remember I typed in female wrestling and the only thing that came up was like one company in Atlanta uh, that did it. And then like a few people who had posted a couple of pictures. And I was like, oh, uh, so I talked to Mary. I'm like, uh this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be, but it's pretty nice. And she's like, no, 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 wait, do you have your, like, parental or do you have the, do you have, like, the, do you have the, the, you know, adult filter on? And I'm like, oh, there's a, I didn't know that was a thing. So I went and I, I found it. I clicked it off. I typed in female wrestling again. And fuck. Oh, it was raining, like, uh, you know, <laughs> assholes with arms in them. And so... And nothing to do with even wrestling. There was guys who had wrestling blogs, and it was like 80%, just like, you know, just a lot of shots of girls' kidneys. Uh, but, like, you think about it now, and you go like, well, what if you're 12 years old, and you're stumbling, I mean, you're on the internet. I mean, you can you can literally spark, like, 50 fetishes at once yeah. just by stump. Oh, my God, what's that? What's this girl doing? What's that guy doing? What's, you know, it's happening. Whereas in, in your day, in my day, like, it was one of those things where, like, oh, this happened you have to go to this one store that has these magazines that maybe in the back of the magazine there's like an ad you know that that has like girls wrestling or a girl getting punched in the stomach or a face punch or neck scissors um so my question to you was like you know you went to the circus you got married you got divorced so what was it where you just kind of said like you know what i'm going to give this a shot and try to make it a you know a business um having watched a lot of videos over the years and 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 then even when the internet came around, I was just searching and searching and looking at everything that was up there, a kid in a candy store. But uh, I, I always had, my, my biggest passion was the photo, the photograph of girls in a wrestling hold. Um, that was what I always searched for because you get a really nice photo, well done, of two girls doing some sort of hold to each other. You created your own story in those days. You didn't have the video to create it for you. Yeah. I love the photos. So when I kind of, yeah, I got, got the divorce, I was um, bored. I thought, you know, I'm looking online, I'm seeing all these photos. And looking at your site, I remember, you know, hitting on yours right away when I started doing my internet search. And yours was just the fan blog where you were posting photos. Yeah. Of, you know, here's head scissors. And you'd have a ton of photos that people would give to you and you know how the whole story and everybody does. I was uh, there. I was there. So I loved that. You know, I loved going through your site and, and, and look or through your list of photos and things. I that was kind of partly what sparked me is like, you know, I can get a camera and I can take pictures. If I can get two girls, I already know that I could create an entire story out of, you know, several pictures and I want to try it. So I, I did found two strippers i hired them for a shit ton of money more than i've ever paid anybody uh but it was the only way i could get them to interested in doing it and and i took them to i got a hotel and i put them in there and we we did some really cool little photos uh, of which you can find on santi's photo page uh 20 or so of those photos that he asked me to send him so that he could show them to the world and say hey we got this new site called Femme Wrestling Rooms coming out oh right 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 2006 probably about February or so and um, 
and I remember that uh, those were really good stories or photos and I thought you know hey this is going to be a big big thing I'm going to sell I'm going to create stories from photos that I take if I can keep getting models to pose for them and and then sell those photos online uh, it was a good idea but it it I realized pretty quickly, uh, however, it took me like eight months to, I moved from where I was at, where I got those two girls, I moved all the way down here to Arizona, or I was in Wisconsin when I started the first photos, I moved down here to Arizona, so I had no, nobody here to work with. What made you move to Arizona? A, a teaching job, I, after circ- after being a musician in the circus for so long, I became a instrumental music teacher as part of, you know, getting married, circus was dying, uh, hard to make a dime anymore because live music was a thing of the past, everybody was starting to cut corners and using taped electronic music and stuff, so I was having a hard time making a living, so I decided to go to college, and uh, I had, a, you know, a wife and a son I needed to support, so... I went to college, got a teaching degree in instrumental music, and taught for about seven years up in Wisconsin, got divorced, and went, why am I teaching in Wisconsin? It's so cold, I hate it, it's dark, it's nasty. <laughs> um, so I resigned, and, and it just happened that someone from Arizona uh, contacted me and said, hey, we need teachers down here, would you be interested in coming down? I said, sure, threw everything in a U-Haul and drove down to Arizona. That's just you know, life just takes us places. We just follow it if we're, you know, if we're comfortable yeah. with it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so anyway, so I, uh, yeah, so I got down here to Arizona and, yeah, I was, I was busy still teaching because I was still was doing the full-time job there. Um, but I put out a few little feelers with uh, Craigslist ads and Model Mayhem and stuff like that. Finally got one girl and then another and then that other one told a friend and that one told a friend and it slowly grew but I, I was still really wanting to just do photos but and I believe you and I Santi talked about that that you really got to do videos people do not want to buy a photo and, and yeah much to, much much to my chagrin because I was like uh, I really enjoyed doing the photo sets but yeah no one really, I mean no one was really buying the photo sets and by that time I think I was already doing some video uh, and it was, I mean, yeah, there's there's people like you and, and me and a few who really do enjoy the art of the photo set, like the, the custom photo set. But it's just not, I mean, the, the, the days of joining a site because they had photos and just photos, I, they, they're starting to dwindle. So, yeah. So yeah, the, I mean, I, what Femex Wrestling used to always, it was all photos. Yeah. But now I'm seeing a lot of video clips and stuff. It looks like they're doing a lot of video work too, but... You know, what was about Time Studios wasn't that all. Um, oh, right. It was all photos to begin with. I mean, it, it was lucrative for some, but they would do it as a pay site. What I ended up doing was once I got better at the creating my own website and, and started in on the videos, then I I still do photo sets. This is a plug for Femme Wrestling Rooms, by the way. But I, I opened up the VIP membership side so people can still look at pictures and buy videos on the regular side but if they pay the $20 a month extra then I have full photo stories for them so I still like to take pictures and write stories um, and create a photo story so so there's tons and tons of photo stories it's it's an incentive for people to become a member 
but they're not going to buy a photo story and have me mail it to them like they would a video or, or link it to them or whatever. No, that's true. We talked about that the other night. It's, I actually, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I cannot get off to a video. I'm all about the picture. And uh, we were hanging out around your pool the other night and you said that pretty much that same thing that I like to look at a picture and make the story for myself. Like I like to decide for myself why this situation is happening. And I'm the exact same way, but I've never met a guy who was. So I was really blown away by that. Yeah. Oh, and I know in some of those catalogs that I buy, you know, the little leaflet pamphlets, whatever you'd buy for Double Trouble or Steel Kittens or every, uh, every one of those sites back in the 70s, 80s, um, you'd see the t three or four photos that they pulled from the video that they're selling and you'd see one really good little photo and this girl looks so helpless in her eyes and she's so cute and everything is so wonderful mm -hmm. or, or you know it's like, it's like she's really and I create this story with this and I'll read the bio, the description yeah. which is usually pretty small uh, and it's like I gotta get this because this girl is obviously an innocent young you know thing being manhandled by this other girl who's also cute and blah 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 and not that I feel, I know that it's real, I know it's all, you know, staged stuff, but still, um, I wanted to see it. So I, if I ordered the video or whatever, DVD or whatever, it never failed. That one picture just never came to life the way I envisioned it when I looked at it. Yeah, it was you know, always better in your head. It was always better in my head, or that, that girl that looked so innocent in that one hold or so helpless actually was the badass in the whole thing. Or, you know, it was just like one little instant picture that grabbed. So I, I, I just, I'm like you. I really like the photo. Yep, just photo. <laughs> and I was the same way. Tumblr because Tumblr is mostly about the photos. It's photos and gifts, and yeah. I was, I was the same way with photos because early on, like I, I got on to the internet the same way where you would go and look at a photo and you see the thumbnail, you click on it, and you'd have that fucking uh, 56k connection so mm. that photo would be like six minutes later it would like and then finally you would see the photo you're like oh well you know you would put a lot more stock in it because you had waited so long for it to appear and, and there it is and and so on and so forth but um, but you know it didn't stop you from doing the um, the video which as I mean right. obviously it's, it's it's you've done well with it um, in terms of like creating the fantasy via video uh, and you've got your own stable of, of girls here that you know pretty much only work with you and uh, and that's that's a great thing because that's one of those things that I think really helps the company is it's like okay well this person you probably are gonna see them like at FWR right. uh, like some girls you'll only see at SKW mostly because they just aren't models they don't travel right. they don't they're not in, they just they just do it because they're local and they're fun um, but uh, and I, I, I feel that like I live in Phoenix Phoenix is what fifth or sixth largest city in the United States but there aren't a ton of people out here doing fetish-based videos or wrestling vid companies and things like that. Do you think so, that gives you an edge or makes it harder for you? Oh, it gives me an edge. Yeah? Yeah. Um, because I don't feel like I'm using... Yeah, it just... It gives me an edge. Yeah. I, I'm not... Like, if I was in uh, Jersey or, or L.A. or somewhere where there's all so many girls that are doing wrestling videos for all these companies... Um, I, I could not say this girl is only working for me because I wouldn't do that to anybody. But here, I've got my Becca, I've got my Madison, who may have, like, have appeared with Asante, uh, but at my, here in Phoenix, uh, 
they're, I don't tell people they're exclusive to me. Mm-hmm. It's just that they just don't go with, they don't travel. There's no other companies for her, them to work with around here. So it benefits me because I got these amazing actresses that you're not going to see anywhere else. And then when a traveler comes through, like Sin Sage or uh, Carrie Spectrum or you know any of these big names that are well known, they come through here and it's like, oh, finally, I get to see this girl wrestle with Becca or mm-hmm. Madison or whoever. So it, it is a benefit. Um, if I was in a town like L.A. and I had one girl that I thought was really, really awesome, it would be real hard to say, okay, you're not allowed to work for anybody else. You have to work for me only. That's just not right. Um, there's been there's been producers who've tried. There's, there are a few producers uh, that do the whole, like, well, you're exclusive to me. And the girls are like, well, you're not paying me to be, be exclusive. <laughs> Yeah, but I discovered you, stuff like that, uh, and and that turns ugly. But yeah, you're absolutely right. There's like I said, there's a lot of girls in Atlanta that I know will work for me, and then they'll work for people that I recommend, or they'll go like, okay, well I'm gonna go, you know, they work with somebody else who's in Georgia, um, and I, yeah, to to be angry at that is kind of silly. To sit there and just be like, you know, oh, you're working with somebody else, like that's this is a betrayal. It's like no, this girl's out to do the same thing you're doing you're making you want to make some money you want to you want to make a living out of this you want to get gigs you know you why would you ever step in the way of that unless you could afford to pay their bills or some shit which is right. never going to happen the best you can do i think in that situation and i i just want to make sure that the, when the girls work for me they're having a blast and and if there were other companies here in phoenix and i think there are maybe somewhere i don't know exactly but I, I, the girls are if they're having fun doing it with me, they may work for other companies or if they travel to L.A. or Vegas and they want to do something, they're still going to be saying, okay, Rick is awesome. you got to work for him. It's so much fun to do his videos. So I try to create a really good, happy, fun time for the girls that makes them want to be here and enjoy it. Yeah. You nail it. You got, well, you can ask uh, our girls too. The first thing I always ask when we're done shooting is, did you have fun? It's not... Well, I asked a couple of things. The first thing I always ask is like... Uh, single? No, the first thing I ask... The first thing I ask is uh, any bumps, any bruises? And they'll say no. I'm like, all right, did you have fun? Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, then that's that's all I want to hear. Like, I want to hear that you had a good time, that no one got hurt, and that you want to come back. And so that, I think... Uh, and I think we were talking about this last night with uh, Jacqueline, uh, who I think is still awake back there. Right, Jacqueline? All right, so Jacqueline's no longer with us. Uh, but... Um, we were talking about that whole idea of like if you really enjoy what you do, it's going to show in your work. And if you don't, if you're trying just to just to do it as like a, you know as a as a grab for money, it'll show in your work. And one of the things that I've always admired about your stuff is that you obviously love what you're doing. You obviously you know really care about how it looks, how it sounds, just the the colors, the, the, the even something like white balance as simple as that, and uh, the reactions and. You know the, the micro directions and stuff like that you really uh care about that as much as i do if not more and so that's awesome and uh and so i think that's what makes your company um just it, it's it's up there you know it's like one of those uh, it's up there with like the top four or five because like you really do care what you do so when the guys who come to you and want to do povs they know that you're going to like deliver you're not going to half-ass something and send it to them so is there anything um that you would say for example um we get this a lot you and I do it's like the whole like oh well I'm a, I'm a beginning producer is there any advice that you can give me you know how do I get girls how do I how, how do I you know and you get those 
really broad questions that make you kind of go like, ah, oh, shit, I got to answer this. Um, but yeah, like if you had to, you know, let's say you had a, somebody who came in and was like, hey, I want to kind of get some tips from you. Like, what would you say? How, how, how can I start? What would I do to make this uh, successful wrestling site? What would you say? I, I've had, yeah, uh, several of those people that have asked me those things. And I try to give them. It's so hard to type an email with all the how do you do it kind of thing. But you're, the, the answer to your question is I tell them point blank, or the, the bottom line is start at the bottom. Let it grow with you. Let the site grow with you. Let the girls grow with you. Let everything grow, and it will, it will create something spectacular if you put your love and your heart into it. Uh, so many people nowadays, because they see sites on, online, I see the, so many that they want to be immediate. They, they get a couple girls or they get four girls or a bunch of girls or whatever. They want to immediately be in the top echelon of female wrestling sites or fetish sites uh, because they think it's just that's how it happens, but it doesn't good site I honestly believe a good site is a labor of love that has grown slowly with the person doing it and the person and because I, I knew shit I was showing Julie Julie Winchester my girlfriend um, what? <laughs> I, was, I was showing her the very first video that I ever did and it was horrible <laughs> although she still said it was amazing and hilarious and fun That's why she's but I did I did not even know how to show the girls how to do a camel clutch and, and it was basically sitting on her back and pulling up on her chin um, I didn't even hook the arms over the legs or anything yeah and and then the knockouts were the girl would like not even be close to knocking out and the other girl would just kind of let her go and 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 it was oh, so bad but the girls were cute and they were nice and they were having fun and it was, you have to start somewhere and I would have rather done it that way I didn't want to start with you know investing hundreds of thousands of dollars or, or into a website design and into cameras that are high notch and you know, all kinds of stuff and and then not know how to do it you know that would never have worked so I've totally gone way off base of what your question was but no, anyway no, no, no. <laughs> we love tangents <laughs> it is all good tangent. um, anyway so yeah it's just uh, I tell people don't don't do it too quick take your time and, and enjoy as it as it grows uh, they always want to know how do you find girls and that's the age-old unanswered question uh, there's, it doesn't you don't know um, I would rather hire someone and they enjoy what they're doing and they tell a friend and then they tell a friend and then they tell a yeah, friend exactly and that's how you get the good girls the care and it's still happening to this day I've got you know two or three new ones recently and I got a couple of still in the wings that want to come in and we just met had dinner with one last night that's going to start working for us a friend of Madison's and yeah she's a cutie you're going to like her everybody um but uh, yeah, it's it's just gotta it's just gotta be something that just like takes on a life form of itself, and and shows that that it's beauty that has grown into something nice. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think it's definitely one of those things where because I, I get that question a lot: how do you find girls? And it is yeah, it's word of mouth. And if you have a couple of uh, and but there's also I mean 
there's stuff like Craigslist and there's stuff like Model Mayhem, uh, which I think is still around to this day. Yeah. Uh, and um, there was another one that was like Model Mayhem. But I forgot what it was called. I think it was called One Model Place. Yeah. yeah. And you can go there and put up an ad and, you know, just kind of see if someone would respond to it. And you would, you know, get questions about your rates and what you would pay. And, and you know, if you were honest and upfront and told them what they had to shoot and there was no nudity or if there was, you know, there's different rates. But, like, you would do that. And, like, I, I, I've gotten like, maybe two or three models from those sites that ended up being really, really good. I think uh, Eliza was one of them. Uh, she was one of those models that responded to a Craigslist ad and she ended up showing up to do some shoots and she became kind of a fan favorite. But like for the most part, it really was what you said. It was word of mouth. It was like, oh my God, I just did this thing yesterday where I got to flip the scroll around. It was fantastic. And he paid me for it, you know, and I, I got to pick what I would wear and like stuff like that. So I think if anybody really wants to know the answer to that question, it's just like, like he said, just, you know, Put some feelers out, feel, you know, put out some ads, see if anybody replies, and and if they do, and the biggest thing you have to remember is that you are actually paying money. Uh, a lot of these guys have this weird fantasy in their heads where we just kind of get girls to do this for free, and it's like, no, that's not the case. Truly yeah, they, laughing again. Yeah, <laughs> they really do go like when they when when they ask how do you girls get girls to do this, it's not because it's such a simple question. It's like money. We pay them because they're actresses they act for us we pay them but in their heads they think we're like at a bar and we like hypnotize them or I don't know chloroform or we build Bill Cosby their drink or something I'm not sure how it works but they think that it's some weird trick that we have up our sleeves it's like no it's, you be honest about what you're going to shoot and let them know that they, they have you know control over what they wear and what they do and then you shoot it and uh, I think that's the lesson it's just like just, just be honest and uh be, it, it works to be a people person too because I did you ever find yourself like being almost too shy or were you very oh, like <laughs> or was it like not shy I mean I knew what I wanted I knew how to tell the girls you know I mean I, I was I was 20 years older than any most of the girls I ever worked with um, if not more but I would I played the the professional attitude the gentleman the whole kindness thing and it really did come from my heart. I'm not just saying I was acting when a new girl would come along. But I've always made a point. I don't think I did this with Mary, but you know her, so we're all family. But I, a new girl that comes along, if I'm trying to demonstrate to them or put them in a, tell them, okay, you got to stand here in the ring, and I reach out for them, I will ask them, is it okay if I touch you? Yeah. Before I even put one touch on, on them, you know, it's just that I build that respect. I always would make sure that the girls were you know in a dressing room or somewhere and I would be off doing something else when they were changing I would never try to you know be somewhere and some of the girls you know, a lot of models that have done modeling they just you say okay put this on and they're just ripping their clothes off in front of you um, I would honestly always kind of have a script in my hand that's the one thing to keep you busy um, and, and if they would ever start ripping their clothes off I would suddenly you know turn around or start looking at the script you know just so I, it wasn't like you know oh okay uh, you're really pretty as I'm looking at her boobs or something you know so I would always keep my eyes off of the merchandise and, yeah and, um, and just do the business until I got to really know them. There was like a few of them that would really like to kind of screw with me and get naked just to make me get red in the face. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, respect. Respect was always, always really important. Yeah, and I agree. Um, and I think that's one of the things that makes us 
uh, as two companies uh, resemble each other a lot is you know no one comes to our houses and or our studios with that like oh well I always felt like I was being watched or he was being creepy it's like there's no time for that man like I when girls get naked in front of me now it's just like all right um, we're doing the thing um, but uh, but yeah so I guess this is a good time to cut it because we, we want to do a, a visit with Rick and, and Julie Winchester, who's uh, I think still awake, right, Julie? I am. Oh, my I goodness. Exactly. And so I think um, what we're going to do is uh, later on, I'm going to try to take uh, Julie to the side and do a little small uh, interview with her. If that doesn't work out, then we'll have to get you guys to Atlanta. Can um, I say a quick ender? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. My final thoughts. Um, just quickly, Santi uh, was instrumental in giving me a lot of guidance when I was starting out with my site 10 years ago. And uh, early on, the couple, first couple years of my site, people actually con- confused me for him. Or the it was his site. We do look a lot alike, actually. (laughs) But I was following his lead with a lot of stuff, so a lot of my videos kind of followed his. But in the world of jazz, a jazz musician, somebody that's young, a kid learning plays jazz, he'll listen to albums or he'll he'll learn another a famous jazz musician's technique. But as he continues playing jazz, he morphs into his own style. He uses that as a ground base, and he goes further. And I honestly think that that's what has happened with Femme Wrestling Rooms, as it started out guided by, you know, the master here, um, and you'll pay me for that later, right? Um, but, you know, he helped me with so many things, but my site then morphed into my product that I have today. Um, and I, I would agree with that. You, uh, you, you took a lot of stuff that you learned from other companies. I did the same thing. I was talking... Oh, shut up, woman. Uh... I was talking about Julie worked with DT, and I was talking about how much I admired a lot of the things that Double Trouble did, uh, camera editing, stuff like that. That I, I took that and tried to expand on it, and, and you did the same thing with me, and, and I think that's great. Like we we learned from the people that we liked, and then we we took those lessons, and we didn't try to copy them. We just tried to make them our own, and, and yeah. So so uh, so yeah. So next time you guys hear from Rick, it's probably going to be we're going to do a full length podcast. But for now. Um, uh, you'll hear from hopefully Julie before we leave and uh, maybe I'll do one with Mary too uh, at some point uh, after some alcohol but uh, for now we're going to stop at a rest stop and uh, enjoy the rest of the trip home you guys thank you for listening and we'll see you next time Bye. adios Bye.